the Business Simplicity Podcast, where leaders share their most successful strategies and the failures that inspired them, so business owners and managers can avoid the suffering and reap the benefits. With your host, your host Chris Parker. And welcome to the Business Simplicity Podcast. This is Chris Parker, and I'm having a conversation with Bob Smith, who's coming in from Las Vegas, Nevada in the US. I, of course, am sitting just outside of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, although not far, you know, originally from, from Nevada, California, Los Angeles. And we were introduced in, I don't know, I want to say a number of years, maybe two, three years ago from a mutual friend, Tuan Bowie. Hello, Tuan. And um, the, it's a delight to have Bob on this because every time we have an interaction, I am kicking myself. I'm like, why are we not recording all of this? Because there's so much, you know, fun, insight, wrestling, honesty, authenticity. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, um, to sharing that and discovering more of that. Um, uh, Bob is an OKR, strategic advisor. Um, and he's also the director of, of Best Possible. And you can learn more about them at mysuccess.com. And we'll repeat that towards the end. Um, I'm not going to define what OKR is because I'm sure Bob will do that. But what I'd like to do, Bob, is just kick it off with a question. Is it, you know, what are you doing? What do you do? That's, it's, thank you, Chris. It's a great question because it's the equivalent of trying to describe a strawberry to somebody who's never tasted one. And when they taste it, they say, why didn't you tell me? And so uh, I, for the last three decades, have done a lot of executive coaching and team development and C-suite work. And it's evolved in the never-ending quest to have more predictable performance. And so I stumbled across the OKR world, which is uh, short for objectives and key results. And it comes off a book that John Doerr, who is arguably the most successful venture capitalist of all time, uh, John Doerr is D-O-E-R-R. -R. And he wrote the book, Measure What Matters. And it really put uh, teeth into the idea that you could have more than a goal and a bunch of tasks to get there. You could have a way to know that you were doing the right things at the right time in the right direction. And that's the beauty and value of it. So I love OKRs. I love their capacity to be a centerpiece to connect people, uh, align them, and draw commitment to make things happen. And so I'm about what we do is help companies adopt and drive accomplishment utilizing OKRs. And you've described this to me before. In, in, in the organization I work with, we use must-win battles, which is a kind of a, a derivation of OKRs. But uh, one thing that, that really triggered me on a, on a previous conversation was, was how you uh, really honed in on um, outcome focus as opposed to output focus. And I think maybe that is a, a small nuance, but a meaningful nuance. What, what do you mean by that, if, I, if I'm remembering that correctly? You're, you're exactly right. And originally, if you think of the world of Peter Drucker and the world of MBOs, Management by Objectives, you set a goal and then you made a laundry list of tasks to get there. And as long as your assumptions held true, you did all those tasks and your focus was on those tasks and the result was a given. Uh, it turns out that's generally not true because assumptions change and things change. So the tasks 
in that model are really the output, the things we do. In shifting to an outcome mindset, you're really stopping along the way and checking, is what I'm doing adding the value I want or getting me closer to what I want? And you're doing a real-time view. And to do that in a time frame that allows you to, uh, the famous word today is pivot, but to adapt to what's going on in time to not wake up a year later going, what happened? So the beauty of the outcome mindset is it asks for relevance and value in what you're doing, not just that you're busy doing something that takes all of you to drive it. No, it makes sense. And, and uh, another quote that I'm, and I'm attributing to you, but, but maybe it's from this body of knowledge that, that um, earlier in our conversation before we press record, you said you, you're able to, to have four years of planning within a quarter. So, so how does that work? Like, like, because OKRs is not a form. I think it's more of a, a mindset and a, and a bit of a method then. So how would you stuff or enable four years of planning into a quarter? The beauty of OKRs is you can have an objective, which is a through time, forward moving, almost something you never complete, but it's a directional beacon that you get to. And then along the way, you have specific key results that you're going to accomplish in, in pursuit of that objective. So the, the nice thing about OKRs is they naturally fit in the 13-week uh, quarter of a year. Mm. And you can set outcomes to occur in the form of key results that are targeted to be started and finished inside a 90-day window and then validate their ability to ladder up into the overall annual objective. But instead of waiting one or two quarters to know if you're on track, you can literally get it down to the month because of the way that you see the activity you're doing and move it against what you're really trying to accomplish. Yeah, I, I love it. These these increments of of value creation because now now you're getting into agile Scrum world of mine, which is you know measuring these 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 pieces of you know pieces of time that that is a question: Can you deliver value in that period of time, and can you? learn and reflect within that period of time in, in order to adapt for the next period of time. And it's a, and that's part of the ongoing, I guess, learning dimension of, uh, of what organizations are seeking these days. And, to, and for me, Chris, this is the great promise of OKRs is that in a lot of organizations, you have goals that you're after and they have individual performance standards. And um, in the United States, we often have individual bonuses tied to my individual work, but it really begs the, the impact on the team. OKRs done beautifully have a team orientation. And uh, unlike individual performance systems, it's really about where we want to go together and being able to measure along the way um, what we all need to be able to count on each other for uh, to get things done and doing it in a time frame that's both inclusive, but the, you, you hit it on the head when you said learning. Um, in most cases, a lot of organizations have become um, about the task of hiring people that already know everything, everything that needs to be done. And the, the true secret sauce in the world is can you learn faster than your competitors? And so if you can take what you're doing, learn from what works, and of course, we learn more from what doesn't work than anything. Uh, if you can leverage that into your next steps going forward, you're apt to be more efficient, more elegant, and better. Um, 
one of the, the lovely things that we like OKRs for and, and really focus on is the idea of being able to get better at getting better. Mm. I'm all about that. Um, I want to, I want to loop back up to, to, to a higher view and, and, and I guess ask, ask a bit of the sort of the, so what question, um, and, and maybe the, so what question about, about your investment of your time in this, like, like what impact are you seeking to make with your contribution to this space? Meaning why is this so important to you and, and, and who's benefiting? Uh, that's a wonderful question and probably one I wrestle with all the time. Um, the, the, Big thing personally that really uh, turns my engine is um, I, I discovered that in finding a way to contribute in a meaningful way to people, helping them meet what is essential to them or what their needs are is something that gives for me my life meaning. And so I enjoy that mightily and I don't wonder, I get to kind of get up every day knowing I'm at least trying to help regardless of how good I did it. Um, in that way, I guess it makes it uh, a lot of fun and I get a lot of satisfaction knowing that I can understand without being overly attached what people are trying to make happen and then help them generate choices about how to get there. That is the most fun I can have with my mind. Nice, nice, nice. So um, the Business Simplicity Podcast, of course, has the sort of this anchor question, which is is really to... to uh, discover and unpack a specific strategy or tactic that that you recommend um, that you can share um, that that would help organizations succeed through simplicity or otherwise. Um, and in the whole spectrum of OKRs or otherwise, what would be something that you could really uh, offer up that would be a a a well, as we discussed earlier, perhaps a pearl um, that people could take away. I think uh, th there are a few that come to mind. The first one, I think that the, what I think of as the juiciest is the uh, often uh, sought desire for accountability in organizations. And um, they put it as a goal. And personally, I have trouble with that concept because as we've discussed before, I've never seen a trophy associated with being accountable. And most everybody I've ever met if you're the one that's having to be accountable, even if you're willing to step up to the challenge, it's just not a lot of fun. Having thought about that, what I discovered or stumbled onto was the idea that its real intention is to figure out what you can actually count on. And so for me, I play with this word countability. And the idea is that I can make an agreement with you or an understanding and you can know that you can count on me to get it done, and I can know I can count on you to get it done. And so I think um, we are a species of highly self-interested organisms running around the planet. And I think it's important to know why we're doing what we do, what we're trying to accomplish, and then what that makes possible. And in all of this vein, I think what I like most about this work is gives me the chance to ask those questions and do them Anytime the mind chatter in me starts to go, wait a minute, what am I doing? What's it for? And why does it matter? And it becomes relevant to business accomplishment, not just a fluffy concept. And that would be uh, the pearl that I would want everybody to walk away with from this is the idea of keeping what we do relevant. Keep it relevant. And, and can you unpack a little bit the, the accountability 
Um, what does accountability drive in an organization that, that you think is, should be avoided? Meaning like, why not? Or what, what, what's, what's yeah, the risk of this? Accountability drives judgment. Are you good or bad? Okay. Mm. And uh, people say, you know, have a, a reticence to be transparent when their downsides are, are visible, but they want to shout to the ceiling when the upside is visible. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's this, I think it's offset by the willingness to become a, a true learner and understand that if you, if you know you make a promise and you're willing to give more attention to pursuing that promise than how I look in the organization, then I'm going to surface what I don't know or where I need help. We're not always very good at asking for help because we don't want to be seen as not knowing. So I think uh, the accountability takes away the hammer or, or is a hammer and accountability or some mechanism of moving to learning, it drives curiosity versus judgment. Mm. At the end of the day, if you can have curiosity live toward a worthwhile end, that's substantially more powerful than achieving compliance through control. And what, what patterns, I guess my question is how? So, so for an organization that wants to pursue accountability versus accountability as a hammer, um, how, how would they shift towards it, it that? In, that's a great question. It comes in the mindset of how you operate. What's, what's wonderful about the use of OKRs on the workboard platform, which is where we primarily track what's happening, um, there's built in a mechanism for business reviews and specifically a function called look back and learn. And you spend time literally evaluating what you did that worked and what you did that did not. And, and you suspend judgment and you simply drive outcome and impact, outcome and impact on a constant basis, and then feed that forward into your next planning session. And so the way that you do that is you approach it from a basis of what can we learn from what we've done and build on it versus... Um, Who's responsible and, and do we need a good public hanging here to send a message? So the idea is that you have a way for people to expect themselves to learn versus hide their mistakes. I guess this is, this is fundamentally a mindset. Um, and I guess that the tone starts at the top, as they say. So if you are a, a high, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of some high accountability organizations that, that I, I've, I've experienced. Um, that can be a big change. It's a huge change. That, that, that can be pretty fundamental and, and, and awkward. Uh, it's one of those things that says easy and does hard. And the truth is you have to roll up your sleeves to do it. And you have to make the value of having it more important than the struggle of getting it. And the idea is that if you know that what you're doing it for is to make a better place for everyone in the future, and it is lofty, there is no question, there's a vision tied to it, but to the degree that you can be inclusive, you can actually ask a lot of people. Um, accountability seeks to demand what you can squeeze from them. And that's one of the things that I find myself moving away from. So um, it isn't, can you make people do what you need? It's can you make people want to do what you need? And that becomes about their reasons, not simply mine. And so 
OKRs provides at least a platform for me to be inclusive and think more than simply about me. Yeah, I, 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 there's so many parallels to to like servant leadership, and, and and it's is this for all organizations, or or is this is this something that that you know maybe startups and scale ups and some of these more 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 forward looking, you know, it's can't. Do you see OKRs in in, in in established traditional organizations as well? How does it, how does that evolve? That's a, a perfect observation. It's been primarily used in technology startups. Um, you know, outfits like Juniper Networks has ten thousand people. They actually have eight thousand active OKRs operating quarter to quarter that they manage and operate. So that'll give you an idea of scale. There's also a startup we've worked with, which is a um, pet telehealth app with 18 people that have been using OKRs to, to build a national network of providers that people can call for help. So the, the beauty is it, it crosses all industries. It really has to do with, can you set an objective directionally that's worth your, your energy? And then can you set up specific results along the way that you can measure that let you know how you're doing? Fortunately, that's industry free. It, it is very complementary to the Agile methodology. And I do like to think of the quarterly use of OKRs very much as ongoing sprints to produce desired results. So yeah. uh, it's, it's very complementary, but uh, I have worked personally in companies where there are um, a $2 billion retailer, okay, who is not known for uh, being technology driven. Uh, and is seeking to make a major change in their culture. So uh, they are betting their whole future on becoming um, much more, I, I guess, uh, agile and, and flexible in being able to deal in their market. So uh, they're looking at expanding the channels that they use. Startups, uh, everybody's got to wear nine hats. OKRs let you focus. So mm. <laughs> it's... It's uh, right now we've used them in healthcare. Uh, we've seen them in transportation and hospitality. We even are working with a group that does a manufacturing uh, operation where they have six plants uh, all doing things in sync or at least attempting to. Mm. Uh, really just out of curiosity of my own, um, you mentioned work board um, yes. in, in, in the organization I'm with right now. We use um Sorry, I keep calling it Leapfrog. It's not Leapfrog. It's Leapsum. Leapsum. I'm very familiar. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, um, I guess there's a risk of, of of the tool becoming, you know, the the method. But but how do you like? Why do you need a tool for this stuff? Like 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 how, how does a digital platform contribute to to this type of of management method? It's uh, th that's perfect because now. Um, I think the software platform itself allows you to take and set up a digital operating rhythm, which is one of the chief drivers that we've seen Workboard produce. And the idea is that you can take all of the ways you know how to know how your business is doing and feed them in through a central hub that aligns with where you're trying to take the company at an OKR level. And so the probably the biggest benefit that we've seen in a software platform is the ability to take meetings, uh, quarterly meetings specifically, that take two and three weeks to prepare for 
and they can be reduced to four hours of preparation. We're even seeing OKRs be used in board meetings as the presentation platform, which is a shift from the 69 slide PowerPoint deck. So um, ha having the dashboard that reflects both transparency, uh, real-time update, and the ability to use um, the, the heat map is the language of the, the world where you can know what's hot and what's not, what's on track and what's not in a look, in a glance, and, and then make meaning and then act. So I've done this without a software platform. And I can tell you, it, I had more spreadsheets than I ever care to make again. Um, it's very tough to do manually. Um, the, the other side of that is that having a platform invites team awareness, team um, inclusion, and more specifically, it helps you break down silos by looking across uh, boundaries that traditionally you wouldn't get and recognizing your dependencies and being able to speak to them. So the software platform, if you simply follow it at its easy fundamental level, really makes it easy to map, track, and learn as you go. Yeah, digital operating rhythm. Love that. It's um I, I guess I guess you'd have to grow into that as well to see what the cadence or the heartbeat is. And um and there's probably some judgment, wisdom, leadership on 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 when to respond, when not to respond, because there's probably you know ebbs and flows and fluctuations that 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 may not be material. And you'd have to Part of me is when you say this, you know, everything's transparent and, and it's a little bit scary. Uh, but then I can also imagine that hmm, this this would could be really helpful in the right culture. It can, and you you want to decide to have it be that way. And um, you know, uh, what I what I say it's it, to me. I, I guess I liken it to the game of golf. It's something that you can understand fairly quickly, and it takes quite a bit of effort to to master it. Uh, but the uh, the value and joy of accomplishment makes it worthwhile. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Mr. Bob Smith, um, you are uh, available at, at mysuccess.com. Yes. Um, you're also, if I understood, um, certified or a partner of Workboard. I am. And, a, yeah. and let me just give you a bit of a platform to sort of pitch. And I, and I know you're available to do, you know, uh, support executive uh, work, yes. um, both in the, in the U.S. and Europe or other places. So how, how could you uh, help organizations sort of either, either improve their OKR work or, or start this journey? I think the um, easiest way is to get some time together, talk about what people want to make happen. Um, how they're doing now, their own views of their satisfaction or not with it, and then what they'd like to see different, and then collaboratively forming a methodology or a game plan to roll that out and, and stay sane while doing it. So mm. that's the, the effort that I seek to do is the C-suite takes uh, focus on the future and designs the strategies to drive it and the body of the company seeks to implement and keep today going so there's a tomorrow. So I would work, I like to work with the two or three layers uh, of, of management that really live to make that happen. Yeah, I, uh, what's inspired in me is, is a, a potentially wicked and unfair question, but, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Um, 
and and it's a question around an anti-pattern, meaning what symptom um, would an organization be experiencing that that would that would indicate that maybe OKRs would be perfect for them? Meaning, what pain would an organization be suffering from? If 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 you can even answer that, um, what would be going wrong in an organization that an executive would say, "Oh, OKRs would help me resolve this issue." I think the simplest form of that is frustration. If someone Mm. says we should be better than this, or there's no reason that this should continue, and yet it continues no matter what we do, there needs to be a way to bust it up and and bring a different model to it. So this is where I trust the intelligence of emotions to let someone signal, wait a minute, enough of this frustration, I'm done. And, And then it becomes how, not if you can do something about it. So interestingly enough, you're not so much pursuing success, that's sort of a given, Um, but what you're making sure that you do is avoid unnecessary failure. Hmm. I don't know any organizations that have frustration within them. That's, um, (laughs) that must be an American thing because over here in in Europe, everything is working perfectly. There's nothing to see here. So, uh, (laughs) and we constantly look east and envy. Yeah. Well, well, um, little maybe maybe a little segue we're probably going over time but again with bob it's always a, a, a joyful conversation of discovery and learning and challenge um uh talking about the simplicity scan the um the 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 one of the 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 reasons why that was developed was also based on on frustration and frustration through misalignment um and frustration of, of not being able to have the 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 space for dialogue around unnecessary complexity um so it's it's um, you are somewhat familiar with the the simplicity scan in that in that canvas. Um, how do, can you connect the world of OKRs and 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 the simplicity scan? Actually, I can uh, only because I gave some time to it because I realized that you can't just run a company on one single model. You can't run a whole company in every area just using OKRs and be successful. And so what I look for is where are the lanes? Where do people excel? And OKRs are superb for addressing the why, the direction, and having the feedback mechanisms to know that you're doing the right things on the right track or not and can pivot. The simplicity scan is really the execution to me. And it's what brings it to life. It's what puts feet on the ground and takes steps. It mobilizes people. It uh, validate or connects, recognizes purpose. And the two are very complementary. Some of the language is going to be the same. They might appear different, but their, their focus is really um, much more complementary than anything else. And um, I would see in, in any situation, you could use OKRs to connect to your vision and align with the strategy you've divined. And then the simplicity scan be your mechanism to constantly focus and deploy resources to get it done and let the two work together, feeding each other information, updates, and, and reports. Great. I just have to ask, did you say strategy that you've divined? Yes. <laughs> okay. I thought so, because you don't do things by accident. So, so okay. Strategy you've divined versus defined? Okay. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people make strategic direction based on a vision they have and mm-hmm. their best guess about how to get it done. And 
that's the truth of it. Uh, what happens is, I love that John Lennon thing, life is what happens when you're busy planning, something mm -hmm. like that. But the, the, the thing to me is, it's not that the vision is perfect or the strategy is perfect, is can you sign on to it directionally, love it, live it, and then stay on track with it without uh, getting too far behind? Love it. Love it. So um, if people are interested in the Simplicity Scan, um, you can download the canvas at ebullient.com. Um, you know, if you want to learn more about it, the, the Simplicity Toolkit, the ebook is also available for free download. If you want to learn more about the accountability culture and bringing in the, this, this OKR and, and, and digital operating rhythm approach, um, you can find more about Bob's work at mysuccess.com. So Bob, thank you so much for joining. It's, uh, as always, it's, it's a pleasure. Thanks so uh, much. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a blast. And anytime. Thank you for listening. Download the Simplicity Toolkit from ebullient.com to discover the power of the Simplicity Scan and Sprint. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player.